Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the In Awe Podcast and a fresh series on connectors. In this series, I am speaking with women who are connectors always and continue to dive further in during this time when we find ourselves deeply in need of connection. Brene Brown says, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Brene Brown is a well-known researcher on shame, um, but also on connection and belonging. And I am so excited to share the women featured in this series because they act in ways that work to live out that definition. And I know we can all gain from their insight. To kick off our series, I am excited to bring you a leader who has been meaningful to me through our connection. Tara Desiderio has been an educator for 20 years and a school leader for 12 of those. She is passionate about her students' team and enjoys leading others through their strengths. Her passion for creating positive school culture and embracing a growth mindset is at the heart of all she does. Tara co-moderates Hashtag Culture Ed, a chat dedicated to connecting educators and focusing on building positive school cultures through shared community. In this episode, Tara shares her experiences as a school leader during normal times, as well as an insight into what it is like to lead a school remotely and remain connected during a pandemic and school closures. I admire how she continuously circles the conversation back to maintaining a healthy and positive outlook for ourselves and for those we serve. She shares the story of how she got connected with the Culture Ed hashtag chat, and we learn about some powerful connections in her life. I love her heart, passion, and leadership, and I am so honored to share with you Tara Desiderio's Connectors story. Welcome Tara Desiderio to the In Awe podcast. I am so excited to have you on this show and to have this conversation with you today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. Oh, Tara, you and I have been connected for a while on Twitter, but this is the first time we've been able to have a back and forth conversation that I've gotten to hear your voice and pronounce your name out loud for the first time. I've seen it so many different times. (laughs) I know. I was so excited to have this conversation with you. You just stand on so many amazing platforms and I love it. Uh, Okay. So Tara, in case my listeners, for whatever reason, if they're not in education or maybe they just haven't had the opportunity to come across you, don't know, know who you are, would you just give us a little bit of background about you know, where you are and what you're up to in this beautiful world of ours? Absolutely. I am um, the mom of two kids, first and foremost, and two beautiful kiddos, a little boy who's 10 and a little girl who's 14. She's not so little anymore. Um, but I am an, a very, very proud educator in the East Penn School District in Pennsylvania. Um, I started out as a kindergarten teacher there. And for the last 12 years, I have been an administrator at the elementary level, um, currently working at West Coastville Elementary School, the K-5 school for the last 10 years. So it's been amazing. I love that journey and hearing about it a little bit more. And um, just, I can't imagine right now how your leadership skills are being stretched. And so I think we're going to have to talk about that a little bit in the context of where you're leading right now through um, COVID-19. But I'm just so excited to have this conversation. I want the listeners to hear, we have you featured here on the Connectors series. And you know that was really purposeful. And I just want to thank you before we get too far into the conversation for being a person out there who is very intentional about connecting and not just 
Um, so in the context of Twitter, that's where I have been connected with you over time. Mm-hmm. And you've just been such a bright light and somebody who, you know, you don't just um, like and retweet. I mean, you are very gifted at making a person feel like they matter in that world out there when you've never had a face-to-face conversation. Is there something... Um, that you've done to like focus your intentions on that? Or are you just, is that just who you are naturally? I, I think that um, I am very intentional about a lot of my relationships that I'm in. And I feel that um, over time I've learned that there is such power behind finding people who are like-minded and who are carrying the torch for things they, they believe in strongly, especially when it comes to kids in education. Um, and being an educator and being a school administrator um, is one of the most amazing and rewarding things you can do, but sometimes it gets a little lonely. And when I really looked around and was looking for who I was surrounding myself with and finding the people who I felt like were building me up and really inspiring me to dig deeper and reach higher, I found that a lot of those people um, were people that I was connecting with on Twitter. And looking at the connections that are out there and are available to be had, like there are just so many people out there who are willing to share and willing to build each other up. And um, I feel like it's been a place for me that people just continue to inspire me and continue to make me want to do more every single day. And that's where I've found my motivation. Now, there's motivation everywhere. And there's just there's a lot of positivity to be had, but it comes from the lens, um, from choosing your lens. And it's something that I talk about often. And it's just a gift that we've been given that we can choose the trajectory of, the, of where we go by choosing our lens to start. And we've been given that gift every minute of every day. So we, it's not that we don't have sad times or run into hard times, but it's that we don't live there. And I think that that's the power of moving things forward and surrounding yourself with people who build you up and finding like-minded people. So, um, so it's something that I do every single day. I think that uh, my sister has been a huge um, supporter in all of that, and she does the same in her work. And it's really just pushed me to continue moving the direction that I'm going. I love to hear that you just, you know, offhand mention your sister as being a connector too. And so it just kind of makes me feel like um, it might be a really nice disposition that you've been born with, that you found a space to cultivate. And I think um, when I say found a space to cultivate, every so much of what you said just made so much sense to me. And it's something that I've felt deeply over my own experiences being a principal in a school where you're just, you're living a life of significance, but it can be very isolating. And so looking out into the world and finding people like you who are trying to curate all that positive energy and stay connected and keep us focused on the right things has been instrumental, I know for me and for so many. So I think this might be a great opportunity to just to kind of chat with you a little bit about Culture Ed and your role in that. Do you want to share with us how your involvement started with that and kind of the mission and and why you focus your energies in that hashtag? Absolutely. Um, One of my colleagues who I am very close with, um, he, Mike Kelly, runs our middle school. He's the principal there in, in our school district. And he was one of the founders of Culture Ed. And so it was a chat that I always found myself drawn to um, because I feel like culture plays such a major, major role in what we do every single day in our organization. 
So it was a chat where I felt like I always was in it and felt motivated. And the people who were brought to the table just had so many things to offer. And there was a lot of support there. And so I was blessed that about a year ago, um, Mike, there was a, the, somebody had left their team and Mike had reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to join our Culture Ed team um, as one of the co-moderators? And it was probably one of the best things I feel like I've ever done, both both personally and professionally, truly. It has just um, opened my eyes and my and the world to different educators who are out there and, um, and being able to amplify people's voices and really um, digging deeper to what people believe and realizing that there's there that your way is not the only way and having people um being given the gift truly of being able to see things through other people's lens and how that can affect you so culture ed has been just an amazing place that we have built so many connections and i feel like no matter who we interact with what it all always comes down to is the culture of the space so culture ed is not only our chat space it is truly a platform in which we believe that we're building um, something wonderful um, just as our community and as, you know, whether that's our school community or our personal PLN. But we just um, really feel that, you know, we are a group of people who really are passionate about being out there and connecting with people and working together to try to help people, other people see where their role lies in an organization and that they can truly do anything they'd like to do within their roles. That it does not, being a, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned over time is being a leader does not mean that you are in charge of anything. And if you talk to my team, one of the things they'll, they'll tell you is that um, using the word boss does not happen in our organization because I just don't like it. We all play our own roles in our organization. And we all, it's just what we always say, it's like one big baseball team and everybody's got their own role. And if you're missing one of those players on your team, then your organization is not going to succeed in the way it can um, when you're missing a player. So truly looking at things from a different lens and taking it from how you affect your culture and how you affect your organization is just the um, the blessing that we've been given. And Twitter has been a, a way to kind of amplify that. Um, there have, just even over, over this challenging time that we've been home over the last six weeks, um, the connections that I've been able to have with people on Twitter and um, across the country, and those those chats have gone into you know side boxes with people and um, doing Google Hangouts with people just to kind of pick their brain about what we're doing and how we can better work together because. Truly, that's been the one overwhelming theme of right now is we are better together. And that does come back to the culture of who we are. So Culture Ed has just been that platform that's kind of given a way to branch out into many different realms and touch many different people's lives. And it's that's such a blessing. I love. <laughs> there was so much there that that I want to unpeel. Um, <laughs> and I and it was, no, it's so good. So I want to get back to this. Uh, whole, it was a year ago that you joined. I love that so much. And it was, I think it was about a year ago 
for myself that I started seeing culture ed as a hashtag. So friends, if you haven't found that hashtag yet on Twitter, I highly recommend it. And I'll go ahead and link it just so that you know how it's spelled so you can find the right community because this is about connecting. And I love um, that you, you know, that you joined it and that you're bringing this passion, really great people involved in that and a ton of great resources that are involved in the chats. Um, before we walk away from that conversation, what when um, do those chats occur on the hashtag? Absolutely. They are Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And we hold the chat um, every week. So uh, friends, if you're looking for connections, you're hearing this podcast and maybe that's why you're here is you need some more connections. That would be a great place to start. Just a ton of really wonderful, like Tara said, um, intentionally focused people on supporting one another. And I think it was um, about a year ago that I may have been able to moderate with the Balance Lab message with my co-authors, which was just such a great experience. Um, that community is very uplifting. And so I want to thank you for that. And I also want to point out um, for people, you might not be connected on Twitter. Maybe you found the podcast through an app. Maybe Maybe you found it through other channels. Maybe, you know, you're connected to Tara through a different way, but either way, that's not the only platform for connection, but Tara had mentioned two things that I want to make sure you hear. One is that uh, this chat and this connection is a way to amplify all the great things that you're already doing. So you do not have to be, you know, a totally dialed in chat driven, connected educator to be able to do great things to, for connections in your learning community. It just helps you become better and grow and think and process. And so the other thing I wanted to make sure that I mentioned um, that Tara had said too is Voxer. <laughs> you had said that it goes deeper into Voxer. And, uh, and so that's another tool that um, I've also used and want to make sure that I'll link in the show notes if you want to hear about that, friends, that it's a walkie-talkie app. And that is a way to just have a back and forth conversation that doesn't have to happen right in the moment if you don't have you know time or space for a phone call, but you want to be able to deepen a conversation or share resources on a more lengthy level than the 140 characters that you can, or I suppose it's not limited anymore, but um, that in Twitter, or you want to have a private um more deep and depth filled conversation through that's a great way. So thank you for mentioning all that. See, those things are just so secondhand to you. You don't even think about the fact that you do them to stay connected and to connect others. Do you? They truly are. They are, truly are a part of my every single day. And when people ask like what I do for me time, honestly, Twitter is what I do for me time. It's what brings me Zen. Like it truly is a place where I feel safe and connected and inspired. So, um, but I do remember the first time that I was out on Twitter and I felt very, very nervous. So I just want to amplify that is that if, if you need somebody to connect with, to try to learn how to have a presence on Twitter and kind of engage in the chat, I'm always there. I was just helping someone last night that just reached out and said, how do I do this? How do I join the chat? So please just reach out and I'm happy to help you with either Voxer or, or Twitter um, because they're both definitely different to navigate. But once you do, they are such a luxury to be in and such great space with people. Yes. And, and again, just like any space, any social media, any area you go into, you can find the good. You can curate the yeah, positive, you know, because I know so many people that have been turned off um, from Twitter and that platform. But I sure hope, you know, for me, too, I'm the same as you, Tara. It's kind of like my my space where I can go to find um 
encouragement, but I think that's because of what I engage in. And I just wanted to make that point too. And I was thinking, um, had a couple of conversations recently, one with my husband that got me really thinking about, you know, the last, um, almost, I can't really do the math anymore. It's almost been two years since I've been leading a building. And as an extrovert, that's been a real challenge for me. And I realize um, the flourishing that has happened in my professional learning network, becoming the space that I go to for me time, for growth time, for connections, for those deep meaningful friendships that have evolved from connections on Twitter has is because of things like chats and Voxer. Um, and I need them. I And I realize that in the seasons of my life, they may have changed a little bit too. I was thinking about an endurance educator group that I had once several, several years ago that got me kind of stabilized in the running. And now I'm one of the, the most common groups I go to. There's just three people. It's called Inspire. And we're both, we're all three of us are just faithful leaders that have become very close friends. And so you don't have to be in large groups. You can be in tiny ones. You can be on one-to-one. It's just a really great place to just remember that you aren't alone. And so with that, can we go to this whole idea of you leading through COVID-19? Can you just share maybe some of your, your thoughts? I know you had mentioned that you have a group of people that help you because you're better together. And I just want to hear maybe a little bit more about that. Maybe some of the challenges you've had, but also maybe some of the, the great things that have come from doing this together. Cause nobody's doing this right or wrong. We don't know how to do this. <laughs> so leaning into one another has to be relieving in a sense. Absolutely. Um, as we kind of embarked on this journey, obviously it was not something that anyone had planned for. So immediately we, uh, I think <laughs> I go into planning mode and how, how do we fix this and how do we get everything in place and how do we make sure that everybody's taken care of? And at the forefront of my mind is always our students and our families and how they're impacted by this. And um, one of the biggest things that, that we needed to do was come together very quickly and kind of think of how our kids would be affected by this, by these changes. Um, so there, there are a lot of people um, through the culture ed hashtag and through um, different groups that, that I find myself involved in, the Education Never Dies and Principles in Action groups, um, that we just kind of joined together and talking about how, what, what do we do first? How do we reach out first? Um, what, are, what are our districts saying and what do we believe in? And I was very, very blessed that my district um, took the platform of Families First, and they allowed us the gift of time, and it was truly a gift of time, to look at the social-emotional needs of our students and our families for three straight weeks. And that was our sole charge, was to build relationships and make connections and make sure our families were okay. So for three weeks, we had um, some choice boards out there for our kids to be engaged with if they needed something to do. And they were definitely by grade level. Our teams came up with those. It was very intentional. But the purpose of our work for that time was all about making connections with our families. So our um, our goal was to reach every single family and make sure they were okay and make sure that they knew that the resource, resources we would have available. And at that time, we didn't know how long we were going to be off either. So we needed to build bridges to know that if there were things that were going to come up or change for our families, that they could, could reach out to us. And we haven't let go of that. Now, over the last um, three weeks, we've been in online learning, um, but never lost the 
mission and vision of um, making sure our students and our family's social emotional needs were are handled first. So weekly, we're making sure that students are engaged. We have engagement logs for all of our kids, and we are looking at how engaged our families are and what they need, and making sure that they know that we are giving them a ton of grace, that they need to make sure that their families are taken care of first. We have lots of family members who are on the front lines, and um, and that's where our, the, our PLN has come in and kind of bouncing ideas off of one another as to how we best help families who aren't home much throughout the week and how they're getting, um, how, how they're helping their kids to learn. And actually, the, the biggest thing is many times we've heard, and we've really collaborated about this a lot, that, you know, now our parents have become their teachers. And in all actuality, our, our parents are not their teachers. We still remain the educators in place. And how do we make sure that we are in a supportive relationship with our families so that they know that we're there to help deliver the instruction and help their kids if they struggle? And that that sole responsibility was not put on parents. We never want them to believe that because that's not our intent at all. And, um, and I think that because our educators have been so connected to our families, we haven't lost sight of that. But that's, that's one of the ways in which when you're working with educators and feeling motivated by people, um, one of my dear friends and also one of our co-moderators of Culture Ed, Basil Marin, he and I speak almost daily about um, looking at, you know, speaking for all kids and making sure that all kids and all families are taken care of and that we're not forgetting about anyone through any time. And especially our kids who are coming from underprivileged families that are struggling right now that may not have any parents at work. Um, you know, are they being fed? And, you know, we needed to look at, you know, do we need to deliver meals ourselves? And, you know, making sure that we didn't leave any stone unturned when it came when it comes to how do we help every single family get through this? So, again, when you look at making sure that you have people around you who are going to help you look at things through different lenses and make sure that you didn't forget anything, you need to make sure that those people around you believe in things that you um, you know are important and that in these times of crisis and turmoil, um, that we are going to find all of the silver linings and the positives that could come out of it, and that we can help um, our families to kind of dig deep and find those positives as well, um, and let them know that they're not alone. So that does take a strong, strong community um, that we are a know we're able to um, bounce, each bounce ideas off of each other and uh, lean on each other for support and know that we're not always going to have the answers, but somebody else might. And we need to be able to reach out to those. I think it's so good to hear what you're saying right now. And, and as a real perfect illustration of why you are the person, perfect person to kick off this series. Um, because I, I just kind of watching that all unfold, it's interesting to see the different approaches and, um, you know, I think that people who were connected before, who had a really flourishing um, community that they've been able to discern through would help grow them through this time and not stunt them or slow them down have really benefited. And I'm assuming anybody listening who just hasn't 
then connected or um, is trying to do this alone can just really feel that isolation exacerbated. Um, and so just it just kind of, again, a, a message of hope that if you haven't been connected or you're just connecting, Culture Ed is a really great place to go. I think you reference principles in action and education never dies um, to just to start somewhere. But I would say too, it's just really awesome to hear you talking about your approach and that Um, you're never taking your eye off of that mission and vision of serving all families and how you're keeping yourself focused. Because as we all know, you know, what two weeks has turned into four weeks has turned into many states closed completely. And there just remains a big question mark for all of us. And so that's a real steady and calming voice that we're hearing from you right now is just to continue to adjust and have those conversations like with Basil and your community and just making sure that you have that eye right focus where it needs to be, even though there's all the stressors that that lay out there <laughs> regarding academics and, and sliding back and all of that. Um, man, I just, I feel for the leaders right now. It, it's definitely something that, um, you know, when we're talking about, when you, uh, when we are out there and looking at leadership and people who are feeling such frustration and, um, you know, there, there have been questions that have just come out on Twitter and people, somebody asked, you know, why, why aren't as many people looking at going into leadership? And again, I go back to, we need to keep encouraging the leadership potential in everyone around us. Not everyone needs to be a, a school administrator and do this, but the, so many of our teachers' leadership qualities have come out through this and they have really risen to the occasion. And I mean, when you think about what educators did in a moment and that they turned education on its head and actually started running with it on an online platform that they'd never really run with before. And it, it truly, truly happened pretty seamlessly. Um, certainly there are hiccups. Certainly we had device issues and we looked at equity of internet access and things like that, but there are leaders everywhere. And, um, one of my good friends, um, Tom Murray, has always says, and every time, every time I hear him speak, he says, "If you, um, if when someone says the word leader to you, if you don't think about yourself, then that's on you, because truly every single person has leadership within them. So you don't need to be in what you may, in your mind, have a mental model of a leadership position." But you are a leader. You lead people around you all the time. And that's your your ability and your gift to give back to people as to how you do that. So um, so just looking at, you know, people's leadership potential, I, I, I encourage that every single day. And that is something that I believe deeply in. And, you know, watching even our own teachers in our building say, you know, can we put together um, a visual like drive by for the kids from our cars, from our from our driveways and put together a little slideshow for them? Can we do a can you guess who this is as a, as a child, you know, for our kids, the way they're looking at connecting with our kids and they're offering to put these things together on top of everything they're doing for our kids every day and on top of all the stuff they're putting out there for them is it does not surprise me one bit because there are so many amazing educators out there who are truly like bending over backwards to make sure that their kids are okay and they feel connected. It's so good. And you've hit upon so many, again, just beautiful points. And I really do believe this, that leadership transcends titles. We have to believe that. And I love the examples that you're giving. Um, And it really does matter right now. And I think it's almost flattening our systems in a way that 
you know, we wouldn't, I think probably you're familiar, um, and Tom and, and the rest of us have thought about this. We wanted to innovate for so long. And I love how you talked about the fact that teachers did this in a minute, you know, like, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's almost like it happened, um, to us, but instead we're seeing so much of so many examples of how it's happening for us. And I love the conversations I've had recently about people saying, you know, I'm excited that I can, when we get back to whatever face-to-face instruction looks like that now I can use these tools in my classroom because they've worked really, really well in this, you know, scenario or whatever that happens to be. And so I really appreciate that you're emphasizing those, you know, key points of really just seeing how we can all lead. And I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with someone who said, you know, when we come out of this period, I want somebody to say, what happened to you <laughs> instead of what happened to you, <laughs> you know, like, and, and it goes back to right. that idea that you, you know, you do have a choice and, and we all have our struggles. And I'll tell you, I wanted to hear a little bit about your own journey, trying to balance all the things as a mom too, because just this morning I was thrown <laughs> off and we started talking because I'm trying to um, help my second grader. And, you know, it's hard because she's, she's not independently learning. You know, she is, she's trying most days she can do things, but today was a struggle. And it was like really testing my patience. Cause I knew I had things I need to get done. My husband's in his own staff meeting. He's a teacher and just, um, you know, we don't want to paint the picture that everything's perfect. It's challenging. Every family has their challenges in walking this out. Um, but I am, I'm so grateful for the resources that the teachers have given us and they're engaging and she loves it when we can figure it out together. But just to kind of normalize that a little bit to know that <laughs> even educators in their homes can really challenge, can be challenged with this um, because there's so many emotions at play. So it goes back to that whole social emotional thing. Did you want to share a little bit about your own um, journey here, trying to keep people connected and lead your own school and also be a mother to, I think, to 10 and 14 year old? <laughs> Yep, yep. And then, you know, that that's a fabulous point is that in no way, shape or form do we ever want um, to just paint the picture that this is all sunshine and rainbows and that, you know, there are those times in, in and there are times in our day which um, which get challenging and frustrating. It's just a matter of not living there. Yep. Right. So we have we have to have the ability to know that there are a lot of great things happening, but there are also some definite challenges. I, just as you said about the, you know, today kind of probably was that day where this morning, my little guy was on a um, meet with his, his teacher and he was on there and they were asking lots of questions. And I could hear from my office that he really wasn't answering and I could hear her calling on him and, you know, just, and they were just having a conversation about what they were doing and how everyone was feeling and he really wasn't answering. So I, I went over and he was in his little tent and I got in and I said, buddy, you know, you have to answer some of these questions. And he said, I'm just so nervous and I feel weird, you know, with what, what we're talking about. And so those are real emotions. And that was something we had to unpack after the meeting was over. But it is definitely a balance because trying to be the best leader I can be for my teachers and our school families has to be balanced with being the best mom I can be for my kiddos as well. So, you know, there is a lot to balance and there are those very high points and those very low points of the day <laughs> and we embrace them all. But, um, one of the things that I always, what um, my sister actually said, came up with the quote "fall up." Um, it's something that she um, she has put out there heavily, and it's just about learning to grow and learning to just kind of embrace the opportunities in which we're given, and that we don't always have to fall down. Yeah. There's always that opportunity to fall up, and so learning from the challenges we have each day 
is a definite blessing. So it's something that we take time to actually unpack every day as to what were the high points of our day and what were the points in which we felt frustrated and that we needed more support. Um, and what did we learn from that? And where do we go from there? We actually just started little jars here um, because I think if I hear, um, I wish I could one more time. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, let's put all those wishes and put them into a jar. And then we can talk about them after we're able to do all of these things. We need to see what was important to us during this time, because what's important to us right now is definitely so different than what was different to what was important to us six weeks ago, because like my kids are both saying, like, I wish I could see my friends. I wish I could hug my cousin. I wish we could go to Aunt Katie's house, you know, and and those were things that were just natural occurrences every day for us. And now they're not. So we need to recognize how important they are when you cannot do them, because that's something we've never experienced before. So that's one way we've kind of gotten around this is that we're, we're kind of having our own little wishy jars that things we wish we could do, then we're going to make sure we do them as soon as we can get back out again. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that really practical idea. And I think it goes back to, again, like grief is different for everybody. We're all in a state of loss and those mm -hmm. emotions are going to come out differently. We know these things as educators, but I think I wanted to kind of pinpoint that as well. What a gift um, for you to share with us that we also need to remain connected with the people in our home no matter how exhausting that can be at this point. Um, you know, and, and I just, I love that vision of, of you kind of unpacking with the kids and that takes intentionality and it takes, um, a regulated human to do that, like a regulated adult to do that well. And so, you know, give yourself some grace listeners. And, um, just to tie this up with one personal quick example, my daughter, my second grader, oh man, she's, she was so emotional after we struggled a little bit and, I didn't keep my cool as much as I normally do. And after we were talking about it and she said, it's just a really awful hour. My day is ruined. And I said, let's just keep this in mind. That hour was hard. The day is not ruined. We have so much in front of us. Right. And so I think that just kind of goes back to again, where we can have our challenges, but we, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. You know, like we got to keep moving ourselves forward. So I love that. So true. I think there's someone that, um, that both you and I are connected with. Um, one of my dear friends, Brianna Hodges, is um, so near and dear to my heart. And she honestly offers so much inspiration to my life. If she's not somebody y'all are connected with, I highly encourage you to get connected with her because the motivation behind her and it's not, not surprising at all to me that the two of you are connected because you're so like-minded. Um out of the blue in my mailbox yesterday, I got something from her that I want to share with you because I think it's important to all of us. She said, she left a little note that said, a few reminders for you. Anything is possible. Listen to your heart and nothing is impossible. See the possibilities everywhere. And I think that's something that we really need to channel right now is that truly nothing is impossible. And with choosing the right lens in how we encounter different opportunities we're, we're experiencing, we can try to find the possibilities that lie within all of the challenges. So again, just find those people that support you and build you up and motivate you and know that there are people who are out there who are willing to do so. And, um, and the connections are just amazing. So thank you. I love it. And thank you so much for sharing Bree's words there. And, and I do love that. And Friends, if you haven't heard her episode yet in the leadership um, series, make sure you check that out and I'll link it in the show notes here for Tara's episode. So Tara, we've come to the end. I have to ask my two standard questions and I'm dying to hear them from you. So are you ready for them? I'm ready. 
Okay, great. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I would say um, celebrate both your accomplishments and your failures. Truly, uh, the gift of choosing our lens enables us to never fall down and always fall up. And truly, it's our choice to learn and grow from every moment we experience. It's beautiful. Love those words. And um, my question for you is, when do you think you'd pinpoint that to be delivered? (laughs) (laughs) I always consider myself a work in progress. I'm trying so hard. I think balance is key to all of that. So um, I'm really good at celebrating. I try to always capitalize on, you know, on things that don't go right and consider them opportunities for us to grow. Um, You know, I feel like I'm at my peak right now in that, you know, there's a lot of great things happening. I have my eyes wide open to amazing things that are happening all around me. And, um, and for that, I'm extremely grateful. And that would not have come from, you know, if I didn't recognize that my failures were as important as my successes. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tara. So then the final question is, if we have a listener who's sitting there finding themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, and they need to hear your beautiful voice to help rise them up out of it, what do you think you could say? I would just tell them to keeping authentically themselves and running passionately in the direction of their dreams. If you can surround yourself with like-minded people who inspire you and challenge your thinking, um, you are going to go great places. And if you haven't found those people yet, keep looking because they are certainly out there. And when you find them, you will know um, just how much that changes your heart and how full your heart feels from those being around those people. That's beautiful and spoken like a true connector. I just love that advice. Thank you so much, Tara. Yeah, if my listeners are looking to get um, the best way to get a hold of you, would you recommend Twitter or is there another platform as well? I would. I mean, um, Twitter is where you can find me almost daily. So um, you can find me on Twitter. And if not, if you are on Boxer, that is definitely a great place to connect. And it's a great place to independently connect as well. So um, either one of those platforms. You can also um, find me that I am, my home is West Coastville Elementary School in Pennsylvania. So you can find us there and see all the great things that our teachers and that we're doing. And I'm happy to connect through that platform as well. Awesome. Well, listeners, you know, I will make sure to link all of those in the show notes so that you can safely get a hold of Tara. And I just thank you so much for your wonderful uh, interview today, for sharing all of your blessed and special insights. And thank you for being such a great connector in our world, Tara. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. You are honestly such an inspiration daily. And I can't thank you enough for having the conversation. Thank you. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.